Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Hallelujah. Is there anyone who would say, he didn't show up on my time, but he showed up on time. Amen. What a powerful, powerful message. Amen. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Wow. He's here. Whatever you need from the Lord, understand he is here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Someone say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You found Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Here we go. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Sometimes we need a mind renewal. I want your mind to be renewed. There is power in a changed mind. Now, I have said this almost all my life. If I feel like I'm right, I will argue with the moon. If I'm proven wrong, I will tell people I was wrong. I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. But if I believe that I am right, I I will stand my ground. Sometimes, however, I've needed a changed mind because I was wrong. And I am so glad that God's in the mind-changing business. Some of you... Some of us, we needed a changed mind because we thought that drinking and carousing and running around and doing all sorts of bad things, we thought that was the right way to live. And then you got a mind change. And then you look back and went, I can't believe I ever did what I used to do. What's the difference? You had a mind change change. Father God, change our minds. Change our minds, I pray. In Jesus' lovely and glorious and precious holy name, I pray. Amen and amen. Think about, you may be seated, think about how powerful a changed mind can be. I mean, you can change your hairstyle, You can change your clothing, your address, your church. You can change your spouse. You can change your reputation. And if you have the same mind, you're going to get the same result. When I was pastoring at my first church, there was a woman that I was just very plain with her after her second divorce, and I'm not gonna go into all the details, 
She came to my wife and I and she said, what am I going to do? She's still young. And, uh, and I, I told her, I said, if there's a hundred men lined up, you could pick the loser out of them. You don't know how to pick, uh, pick men. I said, I mean, her first husband cheated on her during their honeymoon. The second husband reportedly had murdered his ex-wife. So I'd say she wasn't very good at picking men. She needed a mind change because she was going after the same thing time after again. It was the loser. I, I've found that to be the case with a lot of people that they do the same thing over and over and then want to blame God for how bad he is doing them. When they need to be praying that God would change their mind. Come on now. And, and, and so if you don't change your mind, nothing will change because you can change the outward, but the inward stays the same. You'll, you'll keep doing the same mistakes. Now you and I are products of our environment. Do you believe that? We are products of our environment. We're products of our upbringing. There was a reason I wanted Sims to come and stand next to his daddy today because he was so proud that he was dressed like his daddy. He's a product of his surroundings. He's a product of his environment. And, and that was a good influence. Now, I was brought up with TV programs emphasizing the respect for the law. The Lone Ranger, he wore white, okay? And, and, and the, the Lone Ranger, uh, he always won. The good guy always won. In, in fact, uh, I, I just remember that almost all the shows that I watched, no matter who it was, whether it was Roy Rogers or Gene Autry or uh, the Rifleman, uh, the good guy won. Uh, Superman and Superwoman, Superwoman her, their, their um, uh, slogan was truth, justice, and the American way. Truth, justice, and the American way. And if you remember, he would stand with that big S on his, shoulder, on his chest and, and, uh, and, and his cape flapping behind him. And truth, justice, and the American way. Now, Andy Griffith, if you watch that, you, you realize that he was always, he, he didn't even wear a gun because he was the law. And the law was respected. But he also had to teach life lessons to Opie and in particular to Barney. <laughs> yeah, it was all the time. I, I, I grew up with shows like Leave It to Beaver where they, they taught him right from wrong and why he should do that. And, and, and I, I grew up with rules. Uh, it, there's nothing wrong with rules. 
in, in, in the Sims household. My mother's here. And about, it was really a, about two blocks away, but we could see it. It was called, the, affectionately called by my sisters and I, the pink house. The house was painted pink, and that was our boundary. We could ride the bike, but if we went past the pink house, then we were going to get a red rear end. <laughs> That's just how it was. And, and, uh, and my older sister and I, we would stand at the screen door, and we would monitor my youngest sister because I wanted her to go beyond the pink house. <laughs> I want, I, I mean, I would stand there and just hope that she would keep going because mom would give her a spanking and I wanted her to get plenty of spankings. Yeah. I grew up with yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. I grew up with, I, I have people even today, don't say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I said, look, I can't help it. I can't help it. it. It's ingrained in me. That's how I was brought up that you respected older folks. Yeah, and, and uh, I could elaborate on that one. Uh, I, I remember there was rules and they used to send home a piece of paper at the first day of school that would give permission for the principal to spank you. They, they don't do that anymore, do they? No, that's not allowed anymore, is it? Anyway. Uh, I, I'd come home and my mom said, I'm not giving them permission. I'd go, yeah, baby. I, I, Mom's not going to sign that paper. She said, you, the worst thing that could happen is for them to call me and tell that you needed a spanking. It's going to be worse when you get home than anything they could give you there. I got sent to the principal's office one time. The whole time I was there, I wasn't worried about him. I was worried, oh Lord God, what am I going to do when I get home? I'm just telling you, I grew up with rules. I grew up with role models that showed you how to be a man's man. Let me just tell you, it's okay to be a man. It's okay to be a man. And it's okay to be a woman. That's how God made things to be. Don't be ashamed and don't be confused. That's another sermon. It's okay to be masculine and dress like a man, and look like a man, and be a godly man, respectful to women. Yeah. Now y'all are getting with me, I understand it. Look here, I am one of the most intolerant people to a man who abuses a woman. There's no place for that. Come on. Uh, respectful to women, respectful to your wife, respectful to your children. It's okay to have curfews. It's okay, parents, for, for you to, to um, if, if your children want something, there's nothing wrong with making them work for an allowance. Boy, 
I'm getting mixed feedback here. I probably got some of the kids going, that man's a nut. The gravy train is rolling my way. I don't have to work for it. Look here. I remember my first allowance was 50 cents. I paid five cents tithes every week. I, oh, I thought I was something when I got bumped up to a dollar. And, and for that dollar, I had to cut all the grass. And I don't mean we had a little lawn either. We had a huge one, but I, I worked for it. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with you instructing your kids. There's nothing wrong with rules. But let's go a little bit further. I, I look at some of the shows today and I'm not gonna call out because I don't wanna get into controversy over that, but a, a lot of the shows today, they don't teach respect. Uh, they don't teach, uh, they, they don't teach rules. They teach how to break rules, how to get around it, uh, how, how to not be moral, how to not be clean and pure in your mind and in your thought process. And, and we're, we're just inundated with that. It just keeps coming. The, the more degrading it is. The, 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 the more people seem to watch it. And, and we are living in a day where we are influenced. Now, I'm going to ask you to go back in time. Some of these, everyone's going to know. Some of these, only part of you will know. But y'all finish this out if you know it. There was a little jingle written by a man named Barry Manilow. He got $500 for this. Here it is. I am stuck on. He, he got $500 for that. How, how about this one? Um, uh, do y'all remember? How many of you just raise your hand? You deserve a break today. So get out and get away to. Yeah. Okay. He made a lot of money on that one because he sang on that one. There, there's one that says, like a good neighbor. He got $500 for that one. How many of you remember, I'm a pepper, you're a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? <laughs> what product am I talking about? It's the real thing. It's amazing how we have been influenced through the years. The State Farm commercial is over 45 years old and they're still using it and people are still identifying with it. Now this is one that probably the older crowd will get to know. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. How many young people knew that one? Yeah, okay, all right, that's a little, I didn't realize many of you would know that one. This was a real popular one. They brought in a real professional to sing it and it was meow, 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 meow. Y'all remember that one? <laughs> we were influenced by it. They, they knew that if they could get us thinking of it, that we would buy it. How about this one? 
Oh, I wish I were an <laughs> We're influenced. What product am I talking about? My baloney has a first name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all are getting anointed singing these things here. Now I'm going to go way, way back because there's a generation that will know this one. Boop, 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 boop. Say it out loud. Maxwell House. Now for you young people who don't know that, that was when, before there was coffee machines and it was a percolator and the little, it would, it would show that. And we're influenced by these things. What product am I talking about? Where's the beef? Wendy's. I tell you what, that woman got on my nerves in a major way. That little woman, where's the beef? Okay. Now, I wanted to make a point there is because we are influenced a lot more than what we think. What we hear on television, what we filter in with radio, what we download for us to listen to, all of that brings about lifelong influences. It will influence your attitude. It will influence your outlook. It will influence how you perceive things. It will influence your future if you're not careful. If you're not careful, you will get around and be surrounded with people that will influence you to negativity so much that it can destroy your life. Now, this is not a marriage seminar, but boy, if I was doing a marriage seminar today, this would certainly be part of the material. I found statistics from 115 studies and facts and rates for 2018. Now, I'm, I don't have time to read all of those, but there are certain things I do want to read. If you don't believe that you are influenced, and I, I don't have time to go into all of it, but if you, if you don't think that you're influenced, listen to this. If a close friend to you gets a divorce, you are 147% more likely to get a divorce after a close friend gets a divorce. You are 33% more likely to get a divorce if a friend of a friend gets a divorce. Now, simply stated, those that you hang out with influence you. Let me explain. Girl, I'll tell you what I'd do if that man did that to me. Come on. And so most of the time, our advice is, I wouldn't put up with it instead of I will pray through it. Now there are some situations I understand that you pray and you seek God and, and and your partner just is not going to get it right. But understand in America, we're influenced now that it is just so easy to get a divorce, but it's very costly. 
How many of you like paying taxes? Raise your hand. I didn't see anyone. Now, let me tell you what divorce in America does to the taxpayer. The taxpayer in America will, will share the burden because of this. Oftentimes, when a, a couple gets in a divorce, it brings both of their financial levels down. It, oftentimes, the woman is left with the children and, and it causes them to have to uh, maybe get government aid, government subsidies, food stamps, various things to, to survive. That bill is $30 billion a year for the American taxpayers because of divorce. People wonder why we celebrate anniversaries around here because we want marriages to be strong. We want marriages to last. And you might say, go ahead, give God praise. And you might say, well, preacher, I, I'm uncomfortable with this because I've been divorced or I'm divorced now or I'm going through a bad situation. Look, I'm not attacking you that have been through that horrible situation. God help you. I'm just saying that's the society that we're living in and we make it appealing to cheat. We, we watch television programs that, that make it appealing to run around. Come on, y'all help me out. It, we, we watch things and we're influenced by music that influences us and tells us that it's cool to run around. It's cool to cheat. It's cool to do drugs. It's, it, it's cool to do the things that are degrading. And, and all the time we sit back and say, someone ought to do something about it. Well, I'm trying to do something about it today and preach that we must have proper influence. Now listen, there was a man by the name of Goliath and David was fighting him. And I want to speak to you very quickly about Goliath. I, I, I want you to understand that David went out against a giant and we often, most everybody knows the story about David and Goliath. But today I'd like to talk to you about Goliath. I feel sorry for Goliath. Well, he was fighting God's people. I know that. He did wrong. But he was influenced and brought up to do just what he did. He was their champion. All his life, I, I just imagine as he was growing up, there was people saying, hey, that one there, that one's big for his age. Look at that boy. That boy is growing like a weed. But then he started getting strong and they, they said, hey, we probably can use him. So the Philistines, they had three major gods. And, and, and so they started training Goliath to be a champion. With training him to be a champion, what that simply meant, they were training him to be a really good heathen. So when he went out on the side of the mountain and he defied 
the armies of God and he defied God, that's what he had been influenced to do. That's what he had been trained to do. Look here, I'm not trying to take up for all prisoners, but a lot of the prisoners, that's what they were trained to be. Their family trained them. Not all, please understand. But when, when you're brought up that you don't respect the law, when you're brought up that you can get away with it, when you're brought up, it doesn't matter, just take a little bit here or there. You train them to be what they become. And then they finally get caught and the reality hits them. Uh-oh, I've been lied to. My influencers told me I could get away with it. Let's get down to the drug situation. You have drug pushers that will tell you, oh man, this is going to make you feel this way. And it may make you feel good, but they don't tell you what is going to happen after you can't get any higher and you start overdosing. They, they don't tell you how it's going to wreck your family. It, they don't tell you how it's going to affect your marriage. All they're concerned about is you paying them money. They are an influencer and we're full of negative influencers in our world. Let me tell you, we have been desensitized. Now, you can abort a baby in a hideous way. I mean, it was bad enough when it was first introduced, and now it's even worse because we become desensitized. We just keep moving closer. And let me tell you something, folks. We better cry out on it. You, you might say, well, uh, you know, and, and however you feel about abortion, I'm going to tell you how I feel about abortion. I feel that that's a life, and I believe that the Bible stands against abortion, and that's where I stand. I just want to tell you where I stand. I, I want that to be clear. But the bottom line is, because we've been influenced so much, we do it. And then we, we rationalize it this way. Well, everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. So, you know, quit being such a prude. Quit being such a stick in the mud. Quit being so legalistic. You love everybody. Now, hear me. I want everyone to listen to me. If you misquote me, God help you and bless you. But we have people constantly using grace and mercy to cover sin. Now, what, what I mean, I'm not talking about the grace and mercy of God covering sin. I'm talking about people okaying sin. Come on. Uh, they're a drug addict. But the mercy of God... He just winks at it. God doesn't wink at sin. God doesn't wink at sin. Uh, your husband beating you up, God doesn't wink at that. 
Come on. You stealing money, God doesn't wink at it. Uh, you, you doing wrong, God doesn't wink at it. And just because you've been influenced, and here's what I'm preaching today, we, without even realizing it, have been influenced. But here's the deal. There is an influencer that as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, the influencers of the world is not going to be able to tear us down. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. There was one called Saul. And Saul was trained by a man named Gamaliel who was, it would have been like going to Yale or Harvard of his day. And Paul was raised to be what he was. In fact, his testimony was this, I fear God. And he did. But he had been raised to hate Christians. And so he was going out, casting Christians into prison, helping kill Christians, and he was doing it because that's what he was influenced and raised to do. All right, now I'm, I'm gonna try to land this, so everyone help me. I had a man come into my office one day and as serious as he could be, he was a, a manly man, but he was crying, shedding some heavy tears. And I can still remember as that man looked at me just as sincerely as he could, tears running down his face, he said, I don't know how to be a good husband. He said, my daddy beat my mama. My brothers beat their wives. And that's the same thing I do. He said, preacher, I don't know how to be a man. He wasn't trying to make an excuse. He was crying and saying, I've been influenced and I'm just doing what I was trained to do and I've got to have help. And he came to me asking for help. And I'm here today to say, no matter what you are and how you behave does not mean that that's how you have to act and behave the rest of your life. You don't have to be a Goliath. You don't have to be a Saul. You can be transformed like a Paul. And Paul said this, thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind us. I've been influenced to be a bad person and I've done bad things and I've, I've messed up and I'm, I'm, I don't even like thinking about what I, I forget the things that are behind me and I press 
toward the mark, the high calling of Jesus Christ. Here's the last point. You have to want to do it. You have to want change. I'm going to end with this. I want everyone to listen to me very carefully. I love my granddaddy. My granddaddy was a, a man that I knew loved me. But my granddaddy had a violent temper. Very violent. My granddaddy at one point of his life was a Charleston police officer. My mother said when, when she was a young girl, her dad was a policeman and sometimes he would go into a, a bar by himself and break up a big bar fight. Now there was two factors. My granddaddy was a big man, but back then people respected the law. But my granddaddy, I grew up seeing my granddaddy go into wild temper tantrums, cursing God. And, and I, I, I want to tell you that praise God, the mercy and grace of God reached out and he forgave him of his sins. And my granddaddy became a Christian before he died. To God be the glory. Now I told you all that not to cut down my granddaddy, but to tell you this. I was raised in about as perfect a home as a, a, a person could be raised in. My mom and dad, I didn't see my mom and dad fuss and carry on with each other. We had a loving environment. It was just beautiful in our home. But the older I got, the more my temper would flare up. In, in fact, I, I I didn't have any reason to have a rage in me, but the older I got, that rage would manifest. If someone did something I didn't like, I reacted and oftentimes physically reacted. I remember I went one day to my parents' bedroom and I sat down on the edge of their bed. No one was in there but me and I was looking in the mirror and when I looked in the mirror, I said, God, I've got something going on inside of me that I cannot control. I had seen it manifested in my granddaddy so it was influencing me. I said, God, I've got to have help and I've got to have you help me get rid of it. I cannot control it. I want to tell you, God, I didn't hear the heavens open and I, I, I didn't hear a voice saying, Al, I've heard you. And I, none of that. But that prayer God heard and I, I started seeing a transformation in my life. There was a renewing of my mind. Things changed and it was because of God. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what your influences have been. 
but no matter what it is, it doesn't have to stay on a downward path. God can change you today. God can change your mind. Would you stand with me? Some years back, I talked to a guy and he, he, he told me about how he used to drink and, and anyway, he drank a lot. And he went on a motorcycle run and, and he had become a Christian and he went on a motorcycle run. And for those of you who understand that, you just go to different checkpoints and he's with his wife and, and they stop at this place and, and it's a bar. He didn't go in it, but he said, I want to walk you around. And so he took her around to the back of the building. And there at the back of that bar was a toilet. The bar was so sleazy, it didn't even have an indoor toilet. He said, I got there and the toilet was nasty, nasty, nasty. And he said, honey, I cannot tell you how many times that my face was buried in that toilet, me throwing my guts up. And he told me, he said, Pastor, I looked at that and thought, how could I have ever been that low to do that? But God changed my heart and he changed my mind. So God's getting ready to change some hearts and God's getting ready to change some minds today. Father God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring enlightening conviction upon every person, Lord. Start with me, God. Let the power of a changed mind, Lord, I'm not perfect. There's no one here perfect. Change us all to the better. I'm going to ask all my prayer partners, if they, my, my uh, altar workers, if they would come, please, at this time. Father God, change us. Would you just whisper a quick prayer, Lord, change me. Change me, Lord. Change me. I want you to mark in your mental calendar right now. 12.15 is the time. And I'm going to be changed as of 12.15. I'm never going to be the same. If there's anyone here today, you're not a Christian. You really need God to change you. Man, I feel God in this place. Saints of God, help me pray. Help me pray. There's something special going on right now. There's something special going on. Preacher, I need God to change me. I really need God to change me. I'm not where I need to be. I, I'm, I'm just not the man or the woman or the young person that I, I know I'm capable of being. And I, I just want God to get involved in my life and really help me. I want to be forgiven of my sins. Would you just right now, without hesitation, would you just raise your hand up toward heaven? It's me. I need the Lord. I need the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
You can put your hands down. I'm stepping down right now because I, I want to pray. But if you, if you raised your hand, would you come? Would you come right now? Come on. It's the greatest decision that you've ever made. It's the greatest decision that you've ever made. Come on, people are coming. People are coming. Would you come on right now in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There's others that raised your hand. Don't be afraid. Come on. You might say, preacher, uh, come on, please. Just step out right now. Even if you can't work up the nerve to, to step out, would you just please right where you stand say, please God, change me. Change me, dear Lord. Just a moment, we're gonna pray for these who have gathered, but I'm also now asking if some of you have been battling areas of your life that you're not pleased with your actions, you're not pleased with your disposition, you're not, you're not pleased with certain areas of your life, why don't you bring it to the altar and let these prayer partners pray with you right now? Would you come on? Would you just take a step? I really need the Lord to work it out for me. I need God to help me like he did you, Pastor. If God can do it for you, he can do it for me. Would you take a step right now? Then those who would, would you stretch your hand toward these that are at the altar? Heavenly Father. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.